Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. It's a hot one out there, Jordan. Scorcher? I actually went to a diner this morning. Mm-hmm. I ordered two eggs, sunny side up, mm-hmm. and hash browns. You know where they cooked them? Uh... On uh, your butt. Right out there on the sidewalk. Too. Oh, boy. Right out there on That's the sidewalk. That's how it was. Now, granted, my sidewalk, my butt was on the sidewalk. Okay. Um, I had dropped my trousers <laughs> and then fallen over backwards. <laughs> because the thing You were trying to impress the diner waitress. <laughs> yeah, my pants were binding my legs together. It's sort of like a three-legged race type situation. It's hard to move forward when your pants are down. Sure. So I just... Did right they, down on that. Did they cook the hash browns uh, in – did they just pour oil into the gutter and then put the uh, potatoes in the gutter? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, of course they did. Where else would they cook them, Jordan? Get your head in the game. Yeah, because it's so hot. Right. Exactly. That's your Los Angeles weather report for this week. Mm-hmm. Hot. Hot weather. Hope it's, hope it's cool and comfortable wherever you are. Be it Des Moines. Saskatchewan. Or Kuala Lumpur, <laughs> one of the world's great cultural heritage sites. Let's introduce our guest on the program. Uh, you know him as a webtoonist or web cartoonist. You know him as a best-selling author. You know him as Mr. David Malky. Hi, David. Welcome back to the program. Hi, Jesse. It's a real pleasure to be here. Oh, it's great to have you. Anytime we can get the creator of Wondermark on the program, it's a delight because Wondermark is very funny. Thank you. That's very kind of you to say. I think uh, you guys are a, a funny duo yourselves. Oh, especially when we're talking Los Angeles weather. I mean, that's sort of our that's sort yeah. of our wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> when we're talking breakfast exaggerations. Yeah. Sure. It's my favorite type of exaggeration. You want to go on an eggs-based flight of fancy? Absolutely. We're your guys. Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, you did. You did already. Not a ton of breakfast humor in Wondermark. Uh, there have been a few. Okay. Um, uh, I can think of a couple off the top of my head, but... Uh, you know, I, I like to cover every subject, not just breakfast, also brunch. Okay. <laughs> so that's your main subjects. Yeah. You got your griddle cakes, your Johnny cakes, your flapjacks. Sure. A lot of variation in home fries between mm-hmm. uh, establishments. Sometimes it'll be like a actual what you would call hash browns at a different place. Other times it'll be more of a roasted potato situation. I mm-hmm. feel like that spectrum is pretty wide and a lot of, a lot of good gold in that vein. Yeah, that's, that's the kind of stuff that, uh, as an NPR reporter would say, is ripe for satire. Sure. <laughs> sure. Ripe for satire. Satire, by the way... A word meaning a thing an NPR listener laughed at. <laughs> That's the definition of satire. Um, I just got a summer. You, you ever get a summer haircut, Jordan? I, 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 am, I am two weeks into my summer due, mm-hmm. and uh, I, went to a, I went to a new spot. Really? I, Tell uh, me about where you get your haircut, because I don't, I don't know anything about this. Well, uh, hunker down, because <laughs> this, uh, this is a treat. No, this was a, this was, I usually go to one of these... One of these places that's like, a, we got a foosball table and, a, you know, we'll give you a beer while you're getting your hair cut. And sometimes I get like the straight razor shave. Mm, yeah, Wait, so yeah. you, you go to that kind of sports bar type 
bar- barbershop. This is a relatively new phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. Is the place uh, decorated like a hunting lodge? Yes. I was going to say it's less okay. sports bar and yep. more, you know, the, uh, loyal order of the water yeah, buffalo. Yeah, and the people have gotcha. like curly mustaches typically sometimes, the, the barbers. I don't know your particular place. Uh, not but mine, but yeah, that's – yes. We're okay. talking about a sort of faux hipster barbershop. Uh, yeah, yes. That's a, that's, yeah. that's a good way to describe it. They usually do a nice job. Uh, uh, I usually like to leave my hair a little bit long. You got a regular guy or lady or are you just you luck of the draw? Uh, a, a regular guy. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me, it, tell it me a little me, bit about this fella. It took me a, it took me a while. Uh, there was – this place has two people who I've gotten a haircut from. Right. Uh Paul Mitchell. Paul Mitchell. <laughs> and, and Vidal Sassoon. What I was going to say is the other famous hairstyle name. <laughs> yeah. Um, th- one, is a, one is a very attractive tattoo lady uh-huh. uh, who I liked getting my hair cut from a lot yeah. because she's a, she's a pretty tattoo lady. To sure. clarify, when you say tattoo lady, do you mean a lady with a banner around her body saying some saying or like that would be on a tattoo? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is just a woman who's shaped like an anchor. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> she looks like a popular tattoo. <laughs> I can re- Jordan, I can a thousand percent relate to the appeal yeah. of that. When I moved to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. before I had a regular place to get my hair cut, I would go to the kind of uh, hipster barber shop. Sure. And it's luck of the, it was luck of the draw. Yeah. But when you pull a beautiful tattoo woman to to cut your hair, it's a very intimate thing. You, f- it's almost. It's almost inappropriate, right, for a married man to get their haircut. <laughs> sure, by yeah. one of these women. Yeah, it's alternately uh, fun and icky. Yeah, uh, and this tattoo lady would she would definitely, while we were just chatting, sometimes talk about um, you know how hard it is to be single, how hard it is to find a man, and I always had had like. Um, Kind of dreams of like asking her out somehow, but I could not figure out how to do it in a way that wasn't the creepiest thing in the world. Hmm. Uh, you just grab the straight razor, <laughs> hold it to your own throat, <laughs> sure, exactly, and say, "Don't make me do this." Yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, but then then there was one time when she wasn't there, and uh, there's there's a there was a guy there, and I and I and I know some people have uh, have taken uh, offense at what I am about to do now, but I think it's part of the story. He's an African-American guy. He has right. hair similar to mine. Mm-hmm. He did a much better job cutting my hair. He's got a loose curl? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if that... I mean, he could just be a better barber, but I think there was an inherent understanding because we had the same hair sure, sure. of what to do to my sort of hair. Mm. I can see that. So yeah. where does this leave you? So 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 anyway, so I, I this is where I would usually get my hair cut. Uh, if if I'm getting the shave, I'm tipping, I'm dropping about fifty bucks. All right. Times are lean right. around the Morris household. Yep. Um, You're on that diet. On, I'm on the <laughs> yeah. I am cutting all the fat off my meat. Sure. Yeah. Um, you lost your griddle. You're frying your eggs on the on the exa- sidewalk. Exactly. I'm making I'm making only side. I'm ma- I'm making street food, but sure. I'm not referring to like you know. Like ethnic, a truck or yeah. Something. I'm not referring to. It's just literally You're on using the street, the street to cook the food. I'm using, yeah. I'm cook. I am eating whatever will cook on the street. All types of food, just on concrete. Yeah, with weeds, just if they happen to be there, just hope they're dandelions. In. Sure, exactly. Which are sure. Edible. Does kale grow on, uh, wild in, in cracks? West Hollywood? It does. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. West Hollywood, California. <laughs> sure. Sure. Through exactly. a crack in the sidewalk. Right. Exactly. Yeah. What I'm. It's. A, it's a really potent metaphor. When the first kale uh, springs through the prison yard, uh-huh. because <laughs> sure. it symbolizes hope 
and uh, antioxidants, <laughs> which are both very important for sure. the incarcerated. Sure. Right. Uh, Dietary time, supplements. Times right. are lean. I'm on the job hunt. It's time for a haircut. I'm like, well, what can I do to to avoid this fifty dollar haircut? Sure. Mm-hmm. There's just a there's a there's just a place called Richard's Barber Shop that I pass a lot. It's just it's four chairs. It's kind of in the uh, it, it kind of in the Hasidic neighborhood near like a store where you would get a CD of Mazurka music. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm gonna give it a shot. Richard's Barber Shop. Mm-hmm. Sure. See what see what old Dick has to say for himself. Uh, Richard. Um, has a two-foot gray ponytail yeah. and an unironic wolf shirt. A lot of lot of totems in, uh-huh. uh, in the in the barber shop. Some dream catchers. Uh, the only two other guys getting their haircut there were um, Hasidic men. Uh huh. <laughs> um, and they were both reading Playboys, uh-huh. which I thought was pretty cool. Wow. Uh, Richard said I looked like a chia pet, and that I really needed a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, and and he 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 did the deed. Um, it was not chatty. Mm-hmm. Maybe had a little bit of a respiratory problem. Mm-hmm. So the only chatting that I got was was like wheezing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, while we were doing it, I wanted to ask for a Playboy as well, <laughs> uh, but I was too shy. You got to earn that. Yeah, I know, you right? Can't just come uh, yeah. out and ask for it. Yeah, I mean, think maybe 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 once I become a regular there, they'll know my Playboy. They'll slip it over. Yeah, like oh. Loyatoya Jackson, 1989, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Why, thank you, Richard. So I'm guessing this was a cheaper haircut than you would have paid otherwise. Uh, with tip, 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, my typical haircut. Yeah, yeah. I lost my I lost my guy. Mm-hmm. You know, for many years, I went to see Jerry. Mm-hmm. Going to see Jerry was the highlight of my month every month. You getting one haircut a month? Roughly speaking. I okay. have short hair. Okay. Um, you know, you got to keep you got to keep that. Tamed. I guess I don't know how often the average person gets a haircut. I think if you have longer hair, you can get away with a couple months. Sure, uh, but when you're trying to keep it, you know, nice and tight, once a month is a good bet. Yeah. Okay. If you're if you're really tight, you might want to go every couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Sure, I, I had a boss who would get trim every Saturday just so that he always looked perfect. Hmm. He was also. Uh, my job, one of my jobs as a PA for his company was to wash his car every week. Hmm. So just that sort of, of deal. You With your go. hair. Uh, yeah, my hair was valueless to him, frankly. Mm-hmm. Mm. His, no respect for the hair wears, of others. He only wears real Indian hair. Mm. Yeah. yeah. 100% human hair. And his wolf shirt was made of actual wolf. Wow. Like it was up there. And an actual shards of moon in it. Shards <laughs> yeah. of moon rocks. Yeah, those are the buttons. Jerry was um, 70-ish, 75-ish, and um, had been in this barber shop, which his dad had previously owned. He had been there since he was a teen, mm. like 15 or 16. Kind of like the dad in, the, in Rushmore. Mm. Yeah, it was precisely mm. like the, It was exactly like the barber shop in Rushmore. Oh, cool. Like, don't get me absolutely, <laughs> directly, 100% like that. Wood paneled the whole nine yards. And it was just him and this older Russian lady who would cut people who came in, cut people's hair. <laughs> she would who, cut them yeah. with a with a shiv. What's the best word? <laughs> I'm trying to remember why. I don't remember what her name was, but she would cut people's hair who came in and didn't ask for Jerry. Mm-hmm. So Jerry was always busy because he'd been in the same place for fifty years and was a good hairstylist. This Russian woman would sometimes cut people's hair and. She would be, like, nice, except when she was cutting people's hair, and then she was kind of angry. <laughs> um, she would cut the hair angrily. But Jerry had 
they they showed this once in in Mad Men. It had those those massagers, those mechanical massagers mm-hmm. that you slip over your hands. These and big into your pants. Things. <laughs> and <it> goes, <laughs> and the, between Jerry was Jerry was you know a native Southern Californian, seventy five years old, just a super relaxed, quiet, sweet guy. And between just talking to Jerry about his fifty seven Chevy, or he and the wife are headed out to Palm Springs. Oh, that's for a fun. Little, that's a nice little R and R. Sure. It's a nice um, day trip. A little time in the desert air. And between that and then the mechanical massage at the end, <laughs> it was just the most wonderful experience in the world. And then Jerry had been in and out of Jerry had been in and out of the office. Um he, he's, you know, he he owned the joint, so when he wasn't there, it was, nobody was there. It was just closed. Uh, because he had some uh stomach cancer. And in between, I would just wait as long as I could. But a couple times it was a few months and I had to go see my wife's hairstylist. And she wanted to like talk to me <laughs> about just stuff that was going on in her life. It's a real chatty The bachelorette Kathy. maybe. Yeah. And just – I was just like I don't know anything about anything this woman cares about. <laughs> She's not even really given me a particularly great haircut. Then at the end of it, I owe her $50. <laughs> And so I gave up on that. And when Jerry finally retired, I was like, shit, what the fuck am I going to do? So I, I just <laughs> went to this barber shop where, where we live, where, where our office is here, where our work lives, is uh, West, the Westlake District of Los Angeles, right next to MacArthur Park. And there's this famous old hotel that's right next door. And it is, doesn't operate as a hotel. It operates solely as a film shoot location and event space. Um, uh, because the neighborhood is not what it once was in terms of grandness. And at, on the ground floor of the hotel, there is a barber shop that just, I, just as, I, you, if you, if you looked into this barber shop when it was closed, you would wonder, is this an abandoned barber shop <laughs> or is this a functioning barber shop? But not Does abandoned. it ever seem haunted? If, if it was, let's say there was a full moon. Mm-hmm. Werewolves. They're, werewolves shaving each other. Yeah. You could it's where see, a werewolf goes to get shaved. You wouldn't believe what you might see in there. But um, it is $10 for a haircut. Um, there are six or seven. There's seven chairs now. There were mm-hmm. six main chairs, and then they added a seventh chair sort of in the corner of a space that's maybe eight feet wide. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, I go there. Consistently, the only native English speaker in the place, unless there's an African American gentleman in there, which there is once in a while. Um, and the nice thing is, I realized I'm so bald now, like I'm like forty percent bald now. It doesn't. I just, I just need someone to cut off my hair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I, you can't really do that yourself and have it look decent. I mean, if you shave your own head, it has this weird sameness to it and trying to get a taper on your own head is not going to happen no self-tapering come on i definitely knew a guy who was heavy enough that he had the roll in the back of the head mm-hmm. he would bick his own head but you could tell that he would miss this section that was <laughs> if you lift recessed, it up if you lift it up which he did not do uh-huh. and so from behind he had one little like a reverse mustache <laughs> just on the back 
because he it, the razor would just skip over it like a canyon, like Evil Knievel going from one side to the other. And yeah. he didn't know. God bless him. Nicest guy. But He'd feel back there, but it have, was hidden. Yeah. just He didn't get up in it. He's a big enough guy that the fingers probably couldn't quite reach it Were either. Were you ever tempted to put some little glasses back there and make it look like he had <laughs> another face? We didn't have that kind of a relationship where I could just... Slip glasses onto put, him? Put glasses on the back of his head. That's true. That is a special relationship. That's sort yeah. of the relationship <laughs> between a stage magician and a person who volunteered in the, from the audience. <laughs> All right. To secretly put glasses on the back of the head. But I'll tell you, go over there, pay my 10 bucks. Hey, I'll tip five bucks. Sure. I don't give a shit. That's 15 total. That's what I want to pay. Sure. Yeah. I'm tipping like a king. Yeah. Everybody's making off like a bandit here. They do a nice job. You get a nice disposable razor. You know, straighten out the perfect hairline every time. Sure. A nice taper. The the only problem is I had to learn barbershop talk. With Jerry, I could just go in and just be like, you know, just cut my hair, Jerry. I had to learn barbershop shop talk so I didn't come out of there looking like, you know, Derek Jeter in 1998. <laughs> <laughs> Which was sort of like the default is sure. to have that kind of perfect, you know, like on a picture on the side of a, of a barbershop where you got a perfect... Or like I'm genuine or something like that. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. You Looks like you have a about. like a like a hair helmet. Yeah, like a crazy tiny short hair helmet. Yeah. I I feel pretty good about my my fifteen dollar cut as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. it. Uh, I feel like it looks pretty good. Maybe I'll get that Playboy someday. I definitely resent personally paying too much for a haircut, um, or at least I have in the past. I'm sort of coming around to the idea that potentially paying more might get you a better haircut, mm-hmm. which is sort of a you know, a, a thing that I'm I'm not sure if I have always been able to verify personally, um, but I would seek out the $9 haircut or the $4 special occasionally. So there was a period of about 10 years where I don't think I had a barber who whose native language was English. And when you say the $4 special, what's that, overnights? <laughs> there was there was one uh, place that I just saw in the window, $4 haircut. So I just made a point driving by one day. It's like, let's try it. Sure. It's a, a haircut that comes with hash browns. It'll grow, it'll grow back. And uh, it... Uh, it, I, I sought out a free haircut once. I drove all the way downtown, <laughs> and I live in Venice. I drove all the way downtown for an art show slash haircut exhibition where <laughs> part of the art exhibit was that you would get people would walk up and get haircuts, and I was like, "Free haircut? Why yeah. not?" Well, and you get to be part of the art scene, sure. which is glamorous. And I got I got in the LA Weekly. They did a whole thing about it with a picture of me and my cool. haircut. And then uh, they quoted me saying, I am poor, which was which is great. Yeah. Because now you can put that on Wikipedia because it's notable. Sure. And, um, but recently uh, I was I was in New York and I was in Brooklyn and I was in uh, – uh, I had forgotten to sort of trim my beard before I left. And we were there for a while and I, I didn't bring a razor. Yeah, you certainly don't want to have an unkempt beard in Brooklyn. <laughs> it was You'll look little, out of place. It's a hot day. It was a little itchy. And I thought, you know what? There's got to be a place here in Williamsburg where I can get a straight razor shave. There's, of course, there's dozens of them. And I, I did find a place that they will give you one at the Seven Eleven. There, <laughs> it's uh, it's just part of the it's next to the uh, it's part of the local culture. Go go taquitos. And um, so I went to this place where it was this little Russian guy, and I was like third in line, and he just was a man of few words, but uh, he had those massager things that you were talking about, which I've never seen before. This, but he had a whole deal where cut your hair, he would shave your neck with a razor if you wanted. He would do the thing on your shoulders. Oh, that thing is gorgeous. Um, 
when he did me, like he went, you know, he did, he shaved my beard, he shaved my neck, he trimmed my hair, he did the, he put a hot towel over my face oh. and then like rubbed my face and then put the massager thing over my scalp. It was an experience and it, it, it makes me wonder how much there is to haircutting that I don't realize. Like, how deep does this well go? What am I missing out on that there's some mystery technique from, you know, the, the ancient, you know, Caucasus <laughs> that this guy is bringing forward that I, I would never get at a $9, you know, haircut in a strip mall. Did he stimulate your prostate? I, the chair did it for me. It was just one of those <laughs> sure. chairs that had like a W shape. Yeah, the general rule is, and this goes for the whole service economy, is you pay twice as much you get prostate stimulation. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's part of the patriarchy, like, I, I would say. The fact that like that's ha- built into everything. <laughs> it's like a haircut now involves less than it did, you know, 50 years ago. Like, like it's, it's like, okay, so the hot towel isn't par for the course anymore. Mm-hmm. The massage is a rare thing. The shave is like a, an extra special bonus treat. Sure. Like, do you think like in the 50s they were also like doing your taxes while you were there? <laughs> Or um, they're doing all of the things that your wife wouldn't do, right? Because, it, I mean, I feel like nowadays there's clippers. You can have it at home. Sure. You, know, you, can, you can get your wife to buzz your head if you wanted to, if you don't need anything very uh, specific or I elaborate. Want ta- I want to taper, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like maybe um, in the same way that people would pump your gas and check your oil, maybe there were a lot more services baked into the things that you otherwise now can just get your wife to do. She checks my oil. Look, I've seen the movie <laughs> Barbershop. I know a little something about the services that are available at your local barbershop. You just have to get into it. And you have to get in. The reason it – I think the reason the, the reason that all these things can exist is because getting your hair cut, it's one of the only times when someone's really taken care of you. You, you the, all you're supposed to do is just is just not do anything. Yeah. Like that's your the rule. You you can't do anything. If you do something, it might fuck it up. But besides that, it's just a person. You've just given them ten dollars, <laughs> and they're going to take care of you. I think it's like why women like pedicures. It's not because it's not about their bunions. It's just about it's amazing that you can give someone some or strip clubs. You know, strip clubs, 20% of that is boobs. 80% of that is you can give someone some money and then it's their job to look out for you. 100%. You know sure. what I mean? This is why executives go to like BDSM dungeons. Yeah. Like so. Oh, just exactly. to relinquish control. Exactly. So the, the barbershop is just like a dungeon light. Do you think that we could start a business for junior and middle executives, you know, junior executives, middle managers – where they cut people's hair, we call it an art project, mm. and we make the executives pay. I like that, and it's it's they get to they get to feel uh, subservient. But who gives who the prostate massage? Everybody. No, everybody it's a, day, a daisy chain massage. situation. Daisy. Yeah, yeah, we're all just cramming something in each other's. Butts. Can you imagine the idea of a circle jerk with a circle shave or a circle haircut? Where you're cutting? Oh yeah, you're cutting my hair, but now I'm cutting your hair in front. A sure. different guy. And now there's four of us in a big circle. Kind of like a grooming version of a human centipede. I'm gonna yeah, th- I'm going to throw something into the mix here. You guys can make of it what you will. It's mm-hmm. a real life experience. Um, one of my mom's best friends, this guy called Lino who was also her hairstylist. I think it's pronounced Leno. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Jay says to her one day, man, I don't think these bangs are working for you. Um, and so, so Leno used to have a salon on 16th Street in San Francisco. 
and um, and he had this hair cutter working for him. And he told me that a couple years after this, and and he the hair cutter would often be high. And he said a couple years later he was reading Vogue, and in Vogue there was a story about this hair cutter who had moved to New York, had a barber chair on wheels. <laughs> And he would drop acid and cut people's hair on the sidewalk. Wow. wow. And was that part of the part of the uh, allure? Was it this yeah. guy's on acid? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. That was a, a central part of what huh. was going on is what would happen if you cut someone's hair while you drop some acid. So all I'm saying is it could be like we could put this in – like let's say there's another Lollapalooza. That seems pretty likely, sure. right? Sure. So I think so. The, in the freakout tent, it's all anyone we have talks the about. <laughs> haircut circle, uh-huh. and just as just to cool people out, we give them a little project. It's cutting the hair. Yeah, you know, worst case scenario, the hair turns into snakes. <laughs> sure, they cut the head right off the snake. It's no problem. Someone's been working on these white man dreads for eight years, and then they go into this tent. You know, a little too. They just want yeah, to. Late. They What's just the bad right. news. You know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, you go in there, yeah. You go. It's like, listen, I still, I love my white person dreads. Just, just clean them up a little bit. Sure. I got a job interview down at I the got co-op. This. I don't. I got this. Yeah. Uh... Can I tell you the the one thing that I love the most about my barber Jerry, mm-hmm. and it was he had you know that kind of sign that you buy at the county fair, like someone is is singeing your. Your surname into a sure. piece of wood. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It says the it's Thomases. Like, it's like yeah. right. It's like what what you know. If your family has like a cabin, yeah, you make sure, you make sure to get one of those. A he, fishing. He had a sign like that cabin. that said, "Bald is beautiful." <laughs> hey. And as a man who's on his way to baldness, mm-hmm. it was so comforting to me. It, this the most the most profoundly trite sign, and I think. Well, it, I don't know if you know anything about carnival ethics, Jesse, mm-hmm. but those men at the carnival who, you know, who, not solder, but whatever the process is of, of, of brand, brand singe. yeah, singeing that into the wood, they cannot do it if it's not true. Right. Really? Yeah. yeah. They're journalists in a lot of ways. Yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, they have to make sure that if they- That would explain why they wouldn't tell me who they voted for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have to remain impartial. That. Sure, but I think so. That a- I mean, when they do one of those that says "ass, gas, or grass," nobody rides for free. Nobody rides for free. No one. Case. I mean, if nobody. you if you have that, you know, on the dash of your you can ride. truck, you can ride. But and you, think- but you give out a free ride, uh, they will hunt you down and kill you. I think there is something special about it. Just as you know, like uh, you hear of, for for example, from a lot of mixed race people mm-hmm. who are half African American. They have uh, – the texture of their hair is something that you have to be familiar with to do a good job cutting. And so they have to look really hard to find a place where the people are comfortable cutting their hair and actually do a good job. Um, or in your case, you know, you, you had a very similar situation. Mm-hmm. You have very curly hair, Jordan, and you needed to work hard to find a place where you could feel at home. I felt that way in a place for cutting the hair of bald men. <laughs> and I also like that the other people were older and balder than I was. That's nice. I mean, do you think that's where Hollywood's bald community comes for haircuts? Do you oh. think you'll see some of the some of the famous bald celebrities? You're talking about Patrick Stewart. Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Stewart's there regularly. Telly um, Savalas. Bruce, <laughs> Bruce Willis. Telly Savalas. Bruce Willis. Maybe he'll uh, maybe he'll just do an impromptu uh, rock harmonica solo. Uh, Demi Moore, circa GI Jane, mm-hmm. Billy Zane. 
Yeah, Billy Zane, absolutely. He's the guy that sort of turned bald at one point, and I I didn't know why, and then it just was that from then on. A lot of clowns. Certain clowns, yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, like a surprising number of clowns. Anyway, I just it's just nice to have a home, isn't it? It is nice. A haircut home. I want to. I'm going to get hair. I'm going to get a haircut. As far as I'm concerned, I should, I'm going to start being like a get a haircut once a week. Maybe maybe I'll go back to Richards, and if the the Hasidic men are reading Playboys, I mean, I'm kind of the. You know, I, that's, I felt, that's your demo. I was well. I felt like I was kind of like the young buck <laughs> in there. You know, I was like the young. You know, hip guy. Sure. I think they're used to older guys. I could go in there and just just watch some porno vids on my phone. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a Jerry's uh, uh, barbershop cr- literally fr- across the street from my house. Could not be more convenient. Probably different Jerry, but I did go in there once, and the guy was super chatty. He was an older guy, been around for fifty years, uh, lived in Venice, and I thought maybe this could be my home. This could be the kind of place where. I could be a regular. Gotta get a guy. And then here's the thing. He was so friendly and and small talky and I had such a great time. I went back to him again, second time, all the same anecdotes. Mm. Oh, so he's got stock anecdotes. I didn't have anything new to say. Mm. You'd think that he – I mean obviously part of – it would seem that it would behoove a barber to have regulars. You would think that he would have like, okay, a phase two, like switch to phase two. He maybe didn't recognize me. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know how many people a barber sees. Must be two a day minimum, sure. different people. But given your line of work, we should mention you're in the CIA, mm-hmm. it's not unusual for people not to recognize you because you may look significantly different. Sometimes I wear dark basis. glasses. Yeah, absolutely. You have a lot of chin putty? Sure. For a while you were wearing that false back mustache. <laughs> it's a mustache on the back of your head. I like to, to tell... simulate being <laughs> overweight. I like to tell stories where I... If it could humiliate me, I claim it's a different person and not myself. Oh. But yeah, I was heavy, bald, and I had a back mustache I discovered later to my chagrin. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds (laughs) chagrinous. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Hi, everybody. My name's Justin McElroy. And I'm Dr. Sydney McElroy. Oh, Dr. Sydney. Yeah, you told me to introduce myself that way. We're the newest addition to the Maximum Fun family. Our show is called Sawbones. It's a medical history program where we detail all the dumb, hurtful, stupid ways that we've tried to fix people over the years. Have you tried to put mercury on your syphilis shanker? Yep. Or maybe you tried to drill a hole in your head because you heard it would reduce your blood brain volume. It probably didn't work. But the good news is you're in great company. You can hear all about it every Friday on Sawbones, right here on Maximum Fun. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. David Malky, Nuff said. <laughs> yeah, old Nuff said Malky over there. That sounds like a. That sounds like a a maybe a deleted or scrapped catchphrase for Seven Eleven uh, or not Seven Eleven Seven Up in the nineties. Sure, Seven <laughs> Up. Nuff said. said. You know, you know who said that? Fido Dido. Yeah. <laughs> 
He was, or a cool he, spot. He, yeah, he or a cool a, spot. He was Slice. Fido Dido was. Oh, he was Slice. Wasn't he Sprite? No, Slice. Okay, I Slice. Sprite. Mm, I'll fight you on it. Well, fight, we have fight, a producer fight, for fight, this very fight. reason. Yeah, um, to look up what what lemon lime soda Fido Dido was the spokesperson I always figured that 7-Up was like, that's what you say when you want a generic lemon lime soda. Mm-hmm. But when I got to be about, I don't know, 22, I realized... 7-Up does not have a big market share. I think it's Sprite. I think Sprite is the default. Sure. Yeah, I wonder when you're in a bar and you order a 7 and 7 if you were getting actual 7-Up. Probably Sprite. Probably Sprite. Well, Sprite, Sprite's your Coca-Cola. Right, exactly. And mm-hmm. so it's it's much more common. And uh, I feel like you might be even getting, you know, like th- those huge jugs of syrup that go into soda fountains. Who's like checking the branding on that? I bet it's like a generic brand deal where the slice is just the Sprite from the same factory. Yeah. Play. Could just be cake batter. Why not? Right? People are, who are drunk don't sure, know the difference. Sure, sure. Between just, cake batter, it's just, soda. just a bunch of yellow dye seven, huh? Right? <laughs> yeah, is right, that where the seven comes corn, from? Just a bunch mm-hmm. of corn syrup. You're right, Jordan. Hey, Jordan, did you yeah. ever go? Did you ever? You there was talk that you were going to go to a Weird Al Yankovic themed. <laughs> yes. Uh, so show. this was a this was a momentous occasion a few weeks ago. Uh-huh. Uh, someone called in and said they had gone to a Weird Al themed burlesque show, uh-huh. and I think it was one of those momentous occasions where it's like, uh, "Wow, that's fascinating. I need more information." Right. I think that was our reaction, if I remember. Because what songs did they do? Right. In right, how weird was was Weird Al involved? Right, that uh, was my first question. Is Weird Al is this a Weird Al doing a burlesque show or just people fans of Weird Al putting on? Yeah, that's that's Doctor Demento there. <laughs> sure, John Bermuda Schwartz, his longtime <laughs> drummer. Uh, so then, after we did that episode, I got a lot of uh, Facebook and Twitter chatter that that show was coming to L.A. This is a touring show. This is a touring show. Wow. Uh, and yeah, and I think that How horrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I uh, thought I should go in the interest of no you, well, journalism. Absolutely. I mean, I live by the Carney's Code of Ethics. You so, do. <laughs> um, so I yeah, so I so I decided to go. I like Weird Al a lot. Uh, sure, I enjoy who I enjoy playful nudity. Sure. Yeah. Um, among other times. <laughs> sure, exactly. Aggressive nudity. Yeah. I'll take some of that. Sad nudity. Would there be weird nudity at this? I feel like that would be the draw here. Yeah. So here's... Parodic nudity. Right. <laughs> would, it par- would it parody other nudity? <laughs> nudity that, nudity that started right. as a Coolio-level nudity but turned into something much more innocuous. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so, so, so I went to this, and I will say – I'm going to describe some of the things I saw there. I will say that I did not stay for the whole thing. I left at the third intermission. <laughs> I left during what? the third intermission. How many intermissions? I, there, I left during the third one. <laughs> Maybe there were more. Is this an overnight event? <laughs> yeah, that's like – is this a lockdown? Right. Is this like in uh, youth group when they made you watch all the Back to the Future movies? Is this right. just an open call? Yeah, but I don't know what this was. I think I yeah, I think it, it seems to me like the world of burlesque is a little bit like the world of improv and that mainly the people there watching it are also people who do it and maybe the uh the the performer is a little more uh is a little more doted on than the audience. Right. Um uh that being said, length aside, my main complaint was length. Um, and I don't, I don't, I didn't leave with a bad taste in my mouth. I left when I'm like, I feel like I've had a lot of fun. Time not to get cranky. Right. Uh, it was a little hot in there too. That's not 
any of the naked ladies' faults. Uh, so, this, so they were not hot ladies. No, they were uh, – well, I guess maybe their body heat was contributing to the heat in the room. Right. So yes, I do blame the naked ladies. Okay. How dare you? Uh, anyway, so uh, so the so th- it was it was it was it was um, every every all the naked ladies did their dance to a Weird Al song. Was it a different song for every naked? Lady? Every naked lady had a different song. So here's what the first lady that went up was the host, right? And she just kind of did a sexy burlesque dance to uh, White and Nerdy. Oh, oh I sure. should also mention the name of the show was Tight and Nerdy. Ah, okay. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and she did not really do anything that uh, had to do with the song or the video, uh, which, as I remember, includes Drew Carey. Sure. So there's all, you know. So all... Drew Carey wasn't even there? Drew Carey wasn't even there. Was there anyone doing a Drew Carey impersonation? No. Hmm. No one even played Plinko. Huh. So, uh, and so I was, uh, part of me was like, okay, I'm a, I'm a little disappointed that there's there's not more th- thematics involved in this, but she was exceptionally good at being a naked lady. Okay. This is sure. maybe, I mean, it was a lot of butt shaking. Uh-huh. It was really, really good. Uh-huh. So I, my disappointment was brief. Right. Very brief. This was some, this is some exemplary naked Maybe. ladying that this right. woman Got did. I guess she pulled. Oh, well, she also read every. She pulled out some library cards out of her bra at some point, like some file cabinet yeah. cards, some Dewey Decimal cards. Uh-huh. I don't know what that was supposed to be. Card cabinet. I loved it though. <laughs> <laughs> basically, 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 twenty seconds after, twenty seconds after, I was disappointed that there wasn't more thematics. I was just on board. Right. <laughs> it was great. Uh, so then, uh, let's see. What was the next thing? The next thing. So the next couple things were all a lot of like. Late period Weird Al, which I am not that familiar with. Right. Um, well, you're not a 12 year old. <laughs> <laughs> sure, exactly. Um, yeah, I wanted the Weird Al songs from my generation. Sure, right. yeah. I wanted uh, My Bologna. My Bologna, Yoda. Yes. Dare to be Stupid was the one that I was definitely the most disappointed that they didn't do. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, it could have happened after the third or fourth or fifth intermission. Right. <laughs> um, so okay, so so the next thing that happened was uh, there's this one uh, there's this one called Bob where Weird Al sings in a Bob Dylan voice, but everything's a palindrome. Hmm. Uh, so this woman had a bunch of palindromes written on cards, wow. tossed them aside, did a sexy dance, and had a lot of like Weird Al stuff written on her. Pretty good. All right. Wait, so she she just had them on cards? Yeah. Did she read them out loud? She, no, I mean Weird Al was singing them. When you say cards, you mean like big cue cards? Yeah, big cue cards. I did not like little note. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, right. She wasn't checking she them for and she just went up to everyone yeah, and just, showed them. This is uh, to us a man, a plan, etc. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, and then when it said a canal, it pointed to her. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, was there a metaphor involved? No. Um, that was pretty good. Uh, the next one was uh, trapped in the drive-through, which is Weird Al's trapped in the closet. Right. Uh, this woman had uh, hand puppets, which acted out some of the uh, some of the dialogue in the song. Can I interrupt you here? You may. When I think hand puppet, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think sensuality. <laughs> uh, you know, you'd be surprised mm-hmm. if a woman. Let's say you're in sex therapy. <laughs> sure, exactly. Uh, you can't learn. To really give yourself over to another person physically until you fucked a puppet. (laughs) If I learned anything. It's sort of like a training wife. Exactly. That that sort of big, just 
a hole in the bottom exactly. of it. That's why. That's why, as kids, we all jacked off to Sesame Street. Right. I mean, right. but I don't need to tell you guys that. Well, I didn't jack. I jacked off to Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. No, well, that's still us puppets. Lady Elaine. Fair Lady Elaine. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Who was the cat She's that so went bossy? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Ugh. Want to cut her hair? Henrietta Pussycat. Yeah, right. Am I right? Mm-hmm. I still can't hear that that like musical sting. And this is made possible by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting <laughs> without getting at least a semi. Sure, right. sure. <laughs> the Chub Group, right? <laughs> right? Right? You got it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was pretty good. It was very high energy. Um, uh, I'm gonna save. So next came Fat, and I'm gonna save it for last because it was easily the best. Well, I just presumed. I mean, when you hear Weird Al theme burlesque show, the only thing that you have to be completely confident will be mm. included is that song. Sure, an empowering rendition of that song. Right. Um, so, anyways, uh, then they then they got into some more classic stuff. A woman did spam. A mm-hmm. parody of Stand, R E M sure. Stand. Uh, she was in a giant spam can and was kind of peeling it off gradually. And then the she did a little thing where the um, the pop top came off, and she's like, "Oh no, I guess I can't be naked." And then someone brings out a giant uh, pen knife, <laughs> and then she opened it up, and she was naked. That was pretty good. I enjoyed that. Um, uh, there was a, a the, the, the definitely the uh, the largest dancer of the night did something to This Is the Life. Uh, and she just kind of did a fan dance. And What's this is the life. This is the know. life was the movie, uh, the song written specifically for Johnny Dangerously, <laughs> Wait, the Michael Keaton movie. <laughs> wow, that's a deep cut. Yes, it was a deep cut. Uh, I appreciated it. Um, <laughs> she didn't know. I. She didn't know. Uh, did he? Did the, anybody do anything from Rotterdam '87? <laughs> What's that? You know, March thirteenth, nineteen eighty-seven. That's just one of my favorite boots. Oh, okay. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Um. But yeah, yeah, she didn't know dialogue from Johnny Dangerously. Just a fan dance, but did a pretty good job. Um. Uh. But here, uh, here was here was fat, and this was one of the more amazing performances that I've seen. Mm-hmm. So she comes out in a um. In like a like Weird Al from the video, she's kind of in a hoodie, mm-hmm. and you and there's all that dialogue from the video, and it reminded me of how funny it is in that video where that guy goes, "Ding dong, man, ding dong." <laughs> I remember, and she kind of mimes out all the dialogue, and then the thing starts, and she just kind of starts dancing, and it's the least choreographed dancing that we've seen. It's just it's 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 frantic. Uh, it's high energy, and she's and she's dancing in this kind of hooded sweatshirt. She unzips the hooded sweatshirt, takes it off, and she's wearing a gimp outfit underneath. Uh, and I I I guess I will say it's a gimp outfit rather than a bodysuit because it had a butthole zipper. Oh, uh-huh. okay. So she dances around in the gimp outfit for a while, unzips it, and what has been making her fat underneath the kind of padding in the gimp suit is like uh, 30 bags of uh, Cheetos and chips. <laughs> so she throws all the Cheetos and chips into the audience. Uh, and underneath this, so she's taken off this gimp suit, and underneath she's wearing like a red Sonia chainmail bikini. <laughs> what? So, and then she... Did she just, did she just end up with, the, with, the, with like the last stuff left in the costume trunk? <laughs> uh, I think, what I think, what I, the impression that I get about Burlesque is that you have like a it, that can't be cheap to get all those right you know all those, those clothes chips are a dollar each yeah right well I was gonna say I bet you have a stock burlesque outfit that you can kind of dress up and dress down as needed 
So right. was it an extra large gimp outfit to fit all of this extra padding? I I, I don't think this was her gimp outfit okay. because because unless she regularly gimps, maybe borrowed that stuffed, from a larger friend. Yeah, sure, a larger gimp. There's probably like a like an exchange. Yeah, like a free cycle. Well, I definitely know like being in the world of sketch comedy, you know. You'll see on Facebook every now and then, like, uh, you know, hey, need some prop guns right. for a show. Who's or... got a crossbow? Exactly, yeah. And I think, you know, probably the world of burlesque is the same if we're, you know, drawing comedy parallels. It's right. probably, hey, who's got a crossbow. gimp a crossbow. Right. <laughs> who's got a crossbow? A gimp outfit that I can stuff with chips. Right. That has and then... been clean since the last time. <laughs> so so she's in this 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 Xena By the outfit. Way, if the question is who's got a crossbow, the answer is Bo Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he does crossbows. I think it's like... um. I think it's oh, like, is it regular archery? Yeah, I, I think thought it's it was like, crossbow archery. Yeah. I, we'll probably have to watch that Bo Jackson documentary again. Oh, no. How could we do that? Don't throw me in the briar patch, Jordan. Sorry. <laughs> You're saying that Bo knows bows? He does. Yeah, he That's does. Bo Jackson's thing now. Oh. Yeah, he's super into archery. Wow. He, I think he probably got into it for the pun first, and then right. he's like, yeah. this everyone is was saying, fun. "Hey, you should know about this." And yeah. He's like, "All right." I guess <laughs> Originally, he was going to do the martial arts weapon, but sure. that was genuinely terrifying. He is a huge and muscled man. <laughs> uh, so, so sh- she's in this in this you know chainmail thing. Uh, I didn't see anyone bring it on stage, but then I noticed that there was a tetherball pole on stage Uh now. She attached one of the bags of chips to the tetherball pole and then stabbed at it with a knife. (laughs) Oh, wow. Like a pinata. (laughs) I I mean, it started out like kind of a faithful burlesque rendition of the song Mm -hmm. and then just turned into nonsense anarchy. It's the thing she wanted to do. Yeah. the, The story she wanted to tell. Sure. I have never been to a burlesque show. Mm -hmm. However, from your descriptions and descriptions Mm -hmm. I read online, the more I hear about it, the more I think that it's sort of like a summer camp talent show Uh with a nudity element. You know, there's like I mean, like improv, there are various levels of it, I think. Uh And I think that there are I feel like I have seen the burlesque equivalent of ASCAT. Uh-huh. Of convoy, I think there are some people who are very good at it. But then I think that there is also a I hobbyist. I saw the burlesque equivalent of Bass Prov. Uh-huh. Just to say, it was just a whole burlesque show was just two fat middle aged guys <laughs> pretending to fish. Sure, but it was so sexy. I mm-hmm. mean, the sexiness that they get out of that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So, so I, I yes, I think it runs the gamut of. And yeah, and I think – and I feel like I, I saw a lot of different stuff. I feel like I saw a lot of people who were great at it and I just feel like I saw a lot of clear hobbyists. Um, and definitely uh, tetherball Cheetos stabbing was the number one thing that I saw. I once saw the uh, burlesque equivalent of TJ and Dave. Mm. It was TJ and Dave doing burlesque. <laughs> no improv. No, no improv. Probably I some w- improvised I movements. I once saw the, uh, the burlesque equivalent of the Facebook show. <clears throat> Uh-huh. Which was just the people on stage making fun of people in the audience for their Facebooks. <laughs> Great. But there was no nudity. These are all popular improv shows that I'm sure the audience has Everyone seen. Everyone knows about all the different improv shows. Of course they do. Right? You've all been to DCM, right? <laughs> <laughs> the Del Close Marathon? The Hollywood oh. Fringe? Is that a thing? Uh, Yeah. What right. I, what's interesting to me is it seems like these acts incorporate one thematic element and a variety of things that have nothing to do with the fact that they're dancing to Weird Al. Are you yeah. saying that this might be a gimmick, Jesse? 
It seems a little gimmicky. Are you impugning the integrity <laughs> you think the of the Weird Al burlesque show? Wait a minute. Uh, yeah, I mean, and again, I think some people prepared more for this, mm-hmm. uh, and some people just kind of coasted on the fact that they were hot naked ladies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Wait, let me kudos ask you to this both question. of them. What do you think Weird Al would have thought? I, I don't. It's hard to say what Weird Al would have thought. He seems. I mean, he seems to be a guy who loves fun. Sure. Right. He loves that uh, you know kind of swinging sixties aesthetic. Sure. That I think burlesque comes from. I definitely think he tries to distance himself somewhat from adult content. I do too. Specifically, that's He's my a family man. He right. Is. Family yeah. songs doesn't swear. Lovely adopted dog, a rescue dog. Oh, that said, okay. if somebody like if you're a musician and you've had a long and storied career, and you have people who respect your work, and they say some small set of them say, we would. We're going to do a thing where we play your music and then we get naked on the thing and everyone has a good time. God bless you. I feel like is probably the right kind of answer. Yeah, sure. I think there could be a Jordan Jesse Go burlesque show. I mean, I think I I think there could be a podcasting themed burlesque show. I don't know that there's enough uh, uh, enough material here to fill out the four hour show, which burlesque fans obviously demand. (laughs) That's the think, standard. Do you think the problem is there's just not enough gimp suits? Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I mean, I think you could bring in other podcasts. I think you could, there could be a Stuff You Should Know dancer. Right. Yeah. Could be a Sexy Hodgman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. sure. I think we would all like to see that. Yeah. Finally. Judge Robe. Sure, yeah. Judge Robe. Cavill. Yeah. And maybe they, she could have an argument with Sexy Justin Long. Red Sonia <laughs> Chainmail Bikini. Mm-hmm. My assumption is they all have that. Yeah, I mean, this is just a veneer over the top of, like, a gimp suit and a chainmail bikini. Like, the the outer, like, in your case, the hoodie mm-hmm. could be the judge robe or whatever. And then once right. you're past level one, it's just the burlesque show we were going to do anyway. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad that we learned about this. Yeah. If anybody else uh, knows of any momentous occasion things coming to the area that I could do, I would be happy to do them. Well, that one lady's probably still giving out samples at the Trader Joe's by your house. <laughs> oh, yeah. She probably I could go there. <laughs> go there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I saw something that was not as uh, codified as a Weird Al burlesque show, but mm-hmm. it, was, it was maybe had some elements that were, that were similarly weird. It and... was a strip club that Weird Al was at. <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing dark glasses to hide his identity. <laughs> but still his signature Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> his signature Hawaiian shirt and his long, voluminous hair. Yeah. Um, this was in a subway station in New York, and as you know, uh, there are street performers periodically in, in, in subway stations, panhandling and so on. Busking, I believe, is probably the, the artistic term for it. And this guy was youngish, I would say early 20s, and um, screeching and wailing on a harmonica mm-hmm. and writhing up and down on the ground, like doing sort of the inchworm thing and jumping up and down. And then he had a a hat full of finger puppets. And at one point he had the pieces of a baby doll where the head of the baby was on his middle finger and then his ring and his index finger had the hands of the baby. His pinky and his thumb had the feet of the baby and he would make it crawl like on the ground. And then as everyone is like wide-eyed looking at this guy wailing on a harmonica and later a kazoo – um, as that was his his next number, he's like going up to people and like making the baby dance on their faces, right? And everyone is watching this because it's it's incredible, and I'm I'm glad that I got to saw it because it's something that's not likely to be repeated. Um, he had a big sign next to his his hat 
that said support street art and the S's mm. were dollar signs. So this was clearly somebody trying to be deliberately provocative and uh, but completely weird in a way that was also strangely non-threatening. It was just like, look at that 22-year-old just having the time <laughs> of his life. He thinks that's so charming. What's interesting to me is at the end of a performance, where was he playing the harmonica with one of those headsets? No, he just had it in his mouth. <laughs> so there, were, there was no variation no in the notes. notes. Yeah, just, yeah, just... <laughs> Somebody's doing that dance. It's physical. They're finger puppeting. Da, 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 da. He needs to get Bruce Willis there to play the harmonica <laughs> for him, I think. At the end of it, he finishes... I like the idea of somebody giving a little applause, going to their wallet, getting a dollar, sure. and putting it in the hat. Well, yeah. of course, because every, That's worth a dollar. everybody sure. in the station had their phones out because this was the weirdest thing. And I felt bad because now everybody is sort of – like it's a little bit intrusive to just be like taping the guy, I suppose. So I made sure I went and gave him a dollar, and then I took my vine of him after that. <laughs> and, um, and so he did – by the time we were waiting there, he finished the harmonica song and went to the kazoo song. So he clearly had a – you know, he, he was a set. I'm sure he was going to be there all night. And he had he had hand puppets at one point where the the baby doll hand was on a hand puppet and then he was humping the hand puppet for a while. And when we when the train finally came after 10 minutes, uh he we just left him in the station. He might still be there today. So what what's interesting about this is that when you describe it, it would seem to me that maybe this is not if you were just to describe the performance, uh-huh. I would think that like this isn't uh you know, this isn't a, a classical violinist. Or this isn't a, you know, a, a bucket drummer, or a break dancer, like maybe somebody who who kind of needs to do this. Like this is someone who's doing it because it's perform. You know, it's performance I believe that art. That is the case. It, it's certainly possible that he uh, could have gotten a job at Starbucks, but chose not to because he it wants to be right. an artist this, and is uh, in New York. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sure that maybe once the once his uh, graduation money runs out, this sure. is the kind of guy who will move back in with his parents for a couple of months before, while he gets his shit together. Very possible. What's interesting though is that he had a sign explicitly saying that he wanted money. Yeah. Like I'm like, oh wow. Like I guess there are more commercial. Forms of well, street think, performance you can do. I think, do. I mean, that's the whole Amanda Palmer argument too, right? Where it's like you can do your art, but you can also ask for money to do it. Sure. And, and you know, there's a way to do that and not be shy about it that, well, I gave him a dollar, you know. And, and it's, it's because partially I felt that I, I should because if I'm going to take video of him or, you know, whatever. But I also wanted to support him just because it's, it's something that was uh, – Interesting. Like I, I enjoyed the ten minutes watching him. It was and sexy. It was, it was sexy, a little sure. rousing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I was there with my wife, and you know, she snuggled a little closer to me, which mm-hmm. I assume is from arousal, sure, and not being threatened at all. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I don't know what women do. Hard to say. So um, this guy was They're cooking clean. If they know what's good for him. Wow. 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 He's just telling it like it is. Sorry, he's just not pulling any punches. Sorry, I don't. Did you expect I don't us to pull to the PC police? Yeah, <laughs> my mistake. I've I've been living at home for the last two weeks without my wife, and uh, she is uh, visiting her family. Hmm. And um, I have not lived alone for this amount of time uh, in my own home. I've been on trips, but on my own home, and I've been using one plate and one <laughs> fork, and I had a pan that, that I would just sort of use every day to make a hamburger. <laughs> and uh, making your daily burger, yeah. And then when I ran out of hamburgers, I just kept looking for other stuff in the Give fridge. Just stay our daily burger. <laughs> um, after a while, I realized, and and this is just a statement of fact, and that 
I haven't chosen to do the laundry in probably 10 years. Like it's always been – I've done it, but it's always been – Pure necessity. My, well, my wife has always said like, hey, do the laundry. Let's do the laundry. Uh-huh. Or I'm going to do the laundry. Or will you help me do the laundry? Fine. But in terms of making a decision to like, I'm out of clothes. I should, I should put them in the basket and take them – I hadn't gone that that entire train of, of actions to result in clean clothes from A to Z. I hadn't done it myself. Uh, I'd only ever sort of done pieces of it. Like, oh, will you change the – put it in the dryer. Okay, yeah, I'll do that. Let, let me ask you this. Uh, what's your – has your entertainment diet changed without somebody else in the house? Uh, I would say yes. Um, I also – I would imagine it's pornier. <laughs> um well, I'm used to being on my own during the day because mm-hmm. I, I I work you know um, in my office and then she's usually at work when when she, when she's around, and without her there at after work to have dinner or whatever, I will just stay at the office and then it'll be two in the morning and I'll be like oh, I guess I'll go back and go back to the house go in, go into bed, I guess I should feed some cats and no one else did that today, <laughs> um, so it is stranger to be. To, to not have that structure of like, I guess I got to go home. So if I don't have that, I'll just stay here and not be in this apartment at all. Um, Are you doing any aimless wandering? I'm doing a lot of aimless staring, like more than I expected. Oh, huh. Um, I think the lack of structure in general um, is – it's disorienting to me it, and it's uh, – um, there are days when people work in my office and I have to go there to meet them, and those days are great. And the days where I have to be someplace like here, it's great. Come on out. Well, we're happy we could provide some structure. This has been a really important part of my day, guys. We're going to ask you to do our laundry <laughs> afterwards. I tell you, I I'll, need a hamburger. I'm a professional <laughs> at all of those things. Um, but it's. Uh, what are you going to do after this? What's your plan? My plan. I should is, say we're doing this kind of on a Monday afternoon. Sure. I have to go to my P.O. box and mm-hmm. pick up some packages. That'll be fun. I got to buy some envelopes uh, for the greeting cards that I'm packaging in my office tomorrow. And um, so sure. it helps to have some kind of things. But in my defense or, or in my accusation, I suppose, those were things I was going to do before I came here. Mm. And I didn't. Because you were staring. Because I was just staring. At pornography. <laughs> well, lots of things. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you can only stare at pornography for so long. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. David Malky. Enough said. Um, hey, we got something up on the Jumbotron this week. It's from our friend Jay Frosting. He is the proprietor of a series called Us Weekly Digest. Here's the deal. I don't know if you guys have ever taken a look at Us Weekly. Sure. I mean, when I'm on a plane and I just need to zone out, you know, when I just need to just turn my brain off. When I'm really interested to see what stars look like without makeup. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sure. Those are two perfect situations. A third would be if if you're Jay Frosting and you're preparing to host the program Us Weekly Digest. Um, basically, uh, Jay every week reads us weekly and then summarizes it and adds his own, some might say caustic Mm. commentary, uh, and records it for posterity and for your enjoyment. Hey, that's really nice. It's a very fun, uh, very neat thing. I I watched one, uh, somebody on our forum was a big fan of it, uh, that was not Jay. And, uh, so I watched it. It was very amusing. Uh, Just Google Us Weekly Digest. Us Weekly Digest. If you want to get up on the Jumbotron, go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. I will also note that uh, 
The seconds are ticking away for booking your berth on the Atlantic Ocean Comedy and Music Festival cruise. You can go to BoatParty.biz. We just added Wyatt Snack, um, the great Wyatt Snack. We have all kinds of amazing performers, John Darneal of the Mountain Goats, uh, Nellie Mackay, John Roderick, uh, just a whole fucking smorgasbord of entertainment for you on that cruise. It's uh, out of Miami in September, so... Get on it. If you want to go. When you say, just to clarify, booking your berth, do you mean there will be a doula on board? Yes. <laughs> we will have a doula and a midwife. I mean, okay. it's ideal to have a baby born at sea because then it has dual citizenship. Right. With America and the sea. And the sea. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we'll have a doula and a midwife because we're very serious about midwifery. One of each. What about an orca? <laughs> we will have an orca on board. We'll have an orca. A beluga. Mm-hmm. Wow. A narwhal. Any baleen whales. Yeah, that's These what, are all toothed whales that you've been mentioning. Baleen whale. There's absolutely no chance there will be a baleen whale. Wow. Racist. Jeez. I was also... Uh, uh, I hate krill. Speaking of the crews, I was just... Well, then uh, you would love baleen whales. They, they basically uh, just kill krill all day long. No, he loves krill. Why would he want to kill krill? No, I hate krill. Oh. And I hate krill eaters. Oh. It's oh. disgusting. Everything having okay. to do with krill. That's sick. The con- you just wish krill, krill didn't exist. I go, oh, God. If uh, I could wipe krill off the face of the earth right now, I would. Well, I hate to see what that would do to, uh, uh, you know, underground um, seaweed uh, forests. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I was just uh, speaking with Holly over at Topatico. They're going to supply a library of books for the entertainment of people on the cruise uh, to peruse hey, while at sea. That's and nice. And then... Uh, I guess raffle them off or something for people to take home as well. Yeah, I think it's uh, this is going to be buying getting a bet on this sucker is going to be the best. Decision oh, kelp forests. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> kelp forests. Jordan, sorry. Will you guys be sailing through a kelp forest? Think about your priorities right now. Okay. What's your where's your priority? Making sure people come on this cruise and have a good time, or kelp forests? Well, making sure that I could remember the thing I was thinking. Who of. the fuck are you, Captain Planet? Yeah. You are? Yeah, sorry, secret identity. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, boy. I'm glad you apologized to your secret identity <laughs> yeah. for jettisoning it. Sorry, dude. <laughs> See you later. But seriously, I think if you decide to come on this cruise, it will be the best decision you ever make. And I want to make one other thing clear, which is, uh, you know, I, I, people, you don't have to come bring your family. or You can come solo on this cruise. Sure. You want to make new best friends? Yeah. This is the kind of structured social environment where you are guaranteed to make new best friends because you're both going to be laying out by the pool. Sure. Or if catching w- some rays. If your wife's not there, you can just make a hamburger. Sure. Yeah. Stare. Stare at anything you, you want. You bet. Pick up some envelopes. You got it. And while you're picking stuff up, why don't you pick up a few old ladies? Am I right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yum, yum. <laughs> How about uh, mm-hmm. en- enjoy the company of a baleen whale? <laughs> Yeah. You will not do that, though. Yeah. Fuck a humpback. Am I right? That's right. Hump's there for something. (laughs) Whatever you want, man. It's your day. (laughs) Boatparty.biz. Whatever you want, man. It's your day. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Do you think they caught the end of that fart noise I was I making? I hope they did. <laughs> it was I really good. They did, yeah. 
I'm David Malky. Enough said. <laughs> David Malky, I mentioned that you're a best-selling author. You also have a new book about to hit stores. We do, very, very shortly. Game of Death, number two. No. You know how you will die. Machine of Death. Right. This is how you die. Machine of Death, exclamation mark. No. This is how you die, question mark? If you put that in, you'll still get the right thing. So, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is, now, this is a spinoff of your best-selling board game. <laughs> This is uh, – the board game is a spinoff of the first book and this is a s- separate sequel to the first – the web is, is not that complicated but it also it does not matter if you don't understand it fully. You should just read it and enjoy it. It's, uh, it's really good. It's got a bunch of short stories. Uh, after people read the first book, a lot of people said, I wish I knew about this. I would have submitted the story. So we said, why not? Let's do it. Do another one. And we opened submissions and we got uh, almost 2,000 submissions from people living on every continent – even uh, even Antarctica. Wow! And then from there, we picked our favorite thirty-one stories to People go in this book. Polar bears. This was a guy who was on some kind of mission to Antarctica. He sent us a picture next to a mountain. So was he on his way to Antarctica, or was he in Antarctica? He was at the time he sent us the story. He sent it from Antarctica. From okay, it was Station. it was he post was, office marked yeah, Antarctica. There was a polar bear on the on the stand. Actually, that's Arctic, probably. When <laughs> you say. He was on a mission to Antarctica. You mean a Mormon mission? I think he was there to convert the penguins. Yeah. <laughs> well, they are godless. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait. Penguins are monogamous. They're like the most. They're like they're, the most moral birds. Yeah, but they don't have a sense of of the uh, the angel Morani. Like they don't know anything about that right. stuff. Mm. So and yeah. they're only fill it in. their only true god is the sardine. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So there's a lot of details that have to still be conveyed yeah. in the appropriate squeaks and grunts. I'm excited. I'm excited about this book. Last time you put out a book, uh, you had a big. A comedy show uh, where I got to read a short story and then it appeared on a podcast. I thought that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a really good show. And um, if uh, people are not familiar with the first book, you can listen to the podcast and hear Jesse's voice and, and get all caught up. It sounds good. I mean, I'm not. It sounds good. <laughs> it's rich, mellifluous. Yeah. Just just a hint of rasp. Mm-hmm. Sure, to show that you've lived. And it gives you like Janis Joplin. It gives you confidence to make your purchasing decision. Absolutely. It's a lot like John Hamm in those Lincoln advertisements. <laughs> sure. You know what we're talking about? It's a luxury upscale mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. You can sink into it. Like a, it's, it's like a velvety bathtub. Last time you made the last time you made the you were number one on Amazon. That's right. The day it launched. That's right. Um which, let's be honest, that's a system that's born to be gamed. It is. There was a little bit of a gimmick to it. We still didn't know if we could muster the scale required mm-hmm. to properly gimmick it. Um, but it was It was sort of a... Th- then when it occurred to you to use the Weird Al theme. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we, we, had the, hey, we had the Weird Al-themed uh, Amazon launch party slash burlesque show. Mm-hmm. And uh, people came and they dressed up in chain mail. And uh, put Cheetos in their clothes and then bought the book at the end of the night. Should we start a Weird Al food truck? (laughs) I mean, uh, it would be a huge success. Uh It would be a huge success. Right. Yeah. I feel like there would have to be some licensing involved. But how do you how do you top that, David? I guess that's my question. How do you one now that you're already an Amazon bestselling author? How do you, how could you possibly beat that? Well, the reason we went to Amazon was because we were self-publishing the book and we were able to to get everybody's support behind us to say, hey, these guys are trying something and independent and, and let's let's send a message to show that this is something worthwhile. And uh, and we did that. We accomplished that goal. And uh, what that meant was that for the second book, we 
have a publisher behind us who believes in the book as much as we do, and it's in every bookstore. It's in Barnes and Noble. It's in it's in your uh, uh, all your independent bookshops if they choose to stock it. So you don't have to. If they've uh, got a go cat in place. the bookstore, they've also got your book. They definitely have it. It's probably uh, next on, to the cat, next to a, on a shelf next to the cat. Um, so do you? I mean, also, I mean, I, I could see how you would want to like work through Amazon because then you can be associated with whatever two weird Friday the Thirteenth movies they have streaming on Amazon uh, Prime. Yeah, yeah that's or absolutely. Amazon Instant. Those links are are. are in, very important for branding purposes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Being so, associated with two lesser Friday the Thirteenth movies. Any of them. Any of them. I will. I will take what I can get at that, uh, at that point because Jason takes Manhattan. That's the one where the guy he punches the guy's head off. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Give me that one. And Doesn't it goes in the dumpster. Wells have a cameo at the end of that. <laughs> You're thinking of Corey Feldman. <laughs> um, but what we're doing with this book is we uh, have all these contributors who sent us stories, and they're all really great. And we are so thrilled to have the opportunity to share it with people that we want to. Uh, make all of these contributors into New York Times bestselling authors. Even Antarctica oh. guy? Well, he's not making the book. Okay. He submitted the story. It was okay. It was so how good. does that work? How are you going to achieve that goal? So the way that they tabulate those results... You have results, to buy them from the New York Times, from <laughs> David <laughs> you have, Carr. You, have to, you have to show up in New York, yeah. Um, so you just find him. He's in a cab. Right. And <laughs> the, um, the sales reports are tabulated over the course of a week. Mm-hmm. And so we think our best chance is going to be the week of the book's release, sure. which is to say the week ending July 20th okay. or any time before that because everything before that counts toward that first week. Right. So between now and July 20th, we want anyone who's interested or who wants to, to support it or wants to check out uh, what might be in this cool book to buy the book from Amazon or whatever bookseller. Or Manola Dargis. Yeah. If she's there, A.O. Scott probably has a couple in his backpack. Sure. John Pirelli's. <laughs> Um, what's the uh, I was gonna well, we know Elvis Mitchell obviously but there was sure. he got fired he was not not there anymore uh, he, he has to give back his copies then okay. so he will probably his sales th- will not report you're thinking of Bill Cunningham anyway that's who I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's our that's our little window and we uh, we got the publisher to let us make a little video and that's up on our website and it's really fun and uh, we just want people to to check out this book and help uh, get these uh, the work of all these really great authors out there to as many people as possible. It's weird because I'm not in the book. I, I don't think I'm in the book. You are not in the book. Seems like an error on your part. It um, is Looking not back, error. is there anything that you would change about the process of putting this book together? Um, I would retain the I – would, I would keep on not including you. Um, <laughs> but it's just because you didn't do anything to – you didn't write a story. You didn't do an illustration. You, didn't, you could have interviewed me for it. Um, I mean I could have done a lot of things. You could have done a one-pager. I think it's just you could have one done pager. a one-pager. You could have done a photo essay of me at home. Yeah. Sent over a photographer. Yeah. All these things are all definitely on theme for the book. <laughs> um, looking back at it, I would Did you have, even have a photographer? We – if you I, mean, I was waiting Jordan around. Has his own photographer that yeah. you can use. He usually uses for shoots like this. What what is your photographer's name? What's your hair and makeup budget? Um every every dime that we spend on something like that means we have to sell like 40 books to mm-hmm. make that money back. So it have to really be worth it and it's a calculus that I don't know no we I don't know if you've seen me at home, but it's worth it. Is, it's a beautiful home. Is it palatial? Yeah, I mean, there's like, um, I mean, you've heard of the Hanging Gardens of Babylon? I've heard of it. This is where they got the inspiration for that. Oh, okay. 
I do feel like there is a really good book that's about you being at home mm-hmm. in your palatial Babylonian garden estate. Can I spitball a name for it? Sure. Game of Death. <laughs> <laughs> Colon. Colon. Cradle of Civilization. <laughs> definitely. We'll use the word. We'll spell out the word colon, I think. Can we write it? Can we write the whole thing in CUNY form? Game of Death colon is the oh. name of the book. Uh-huh. And there will be an extensive photo essay featuring yourself. Yep. Um, and then we will have a couple pictures of Jordan's house. Thank you. And then we'll Photoshop you into Jordan's house. Right. So it looks like that's where you are. And get a few shots of our colons. Just get in there. Mm-hmm couple of those uh get some of that medical scanning technology just have and then you don't pe- need a scanner just no get up just shove it. an iphone up my butt <laughs> if, if uh if, i'm tired of you saying that to me <laughs> well, we, we definitely want people to be able to to download this book uh for their kindle and then mm. have an accurate file they can feed into a 3d printer so they can get a reverse image of your colon see dave this is simple yeah I mean, you probably feel a little silly you didn't do this. This is new media. For this book? It's definitely 3D printed reverse colons. I think so too. You know what? At the end of the day, if you're looking to capture social media buzz, you're going to need social media superstars. What does that mean? That means Gary Vanderchuk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That means Jordan Morris. Yeah. That means Ashton Kutcher. Mm -hmm. That means Jesse Thorne. Jesse Thorne. So that's going to be your top four goals for when you write the sequel to this book. Okay. Those four people, send the photographer over there. So you guys have, what you can do. have committed your colons already. Can we assume that those others will be forthcoming? I'm well, when the check that... clears, my colon will mark it off on its calendar. But right now, if this is just kind of a handshake agreement thing, I don't think I can commit my colon because then it'll lose other work. So you're saying a handshake with your colon has no value. Your colon has to be paid. Well, it feels well nice. I'm not in business with, for example, my barber. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just because someone shook hands with my colon. <laughs> Did you pay him in advance or you pay him at the end when services are rendered? He pays me. Oh. <laughs> for the, for the use of my image and the ability to shake hands with my colon, <laughs> the opportunity. Let's take some calls, shall we? That's great. Uh, whenever something momentous happens to you, the listener, we ask that you call us at 206-984-4-FUN, 206-984-4-F-U-N, or email us at jjgo at maximumfun.org. Let's run out the first call. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jesse. Hey, charmingly awkward guest. My name's Nate. I'm in Wisconsin, and I have a momentous occasion. I am... In a lift, in a cherry picker, 60 feet off the ground, videotaping a corn maze being made. <laughs> um, it's pretty, I'm kind of scared. It's windy up here, but uh, uh, I love you guys. Keep going. Uh, I'm plugging it in like crazy. Love you. Uh, bye. He sure, he sure said, I love you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> he's real drunk. That's, my, that's, that's more than I've heard what that in years. What is he plugging in? He's plugging in his immortal power. Oh, okay. It's a, yeah. Um, Interesting. Is that, do you think that's the highest altitude from which we've ever been called? Yeah, probably so. I mean, we got that one call from the Matterhorn, but it was just the Matterhorn at Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that higher than a cherry picker, I wonder? Did, wait, does it matter above ground level? Because if you're on a mountain, the elevation, sea level elevation is high, but you may be at ground level at that point. Oh, yeah. 60 feet, that's about the height of 10 men stacked on, on top of each other. Or sure. 
or, or a, approximately eight Sean Bradleys mm-hmm. stacked on top of each other. Sounds about right. As long as their feet are on the one below's head and not shoulders. Well, where else would you put them? You gotta if you put if you put it on the shoulders, the weight is pushing outward. They're gonna get sloping shoulders. Mm. He's not waiting for this corn to grow, right? He's not up there for (laughs) for a season. Yeah, yeah, how do they? Do you think this is like a Julia butterfly type thing? What's that? He's up there trying to he's trying to save the cherry pickers. (laughs) I don't I don't know what that is. (laughs) You remember she she locked herself into a tree. (laughs) <laughs> nope. Come on. Did you go to UC Santa Cruz or not? <laughs> Dude, I was baked most of the time, man. <laughs> Can't remember shit I learned up there. I think I think he's trying to save the cherry pickers. I think he's got himself mm. handcuffed to the Oh, okay. So you think that they want to tear down the cherry pickers and put up some condos. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. What role does the corn maze play in this drama? You think it's just a cover? Yeah, it's just a it's cover. It's just there. Yeah, yeah, it's just like something to watch. While he's up there, he'll film a corn check maze. Out it's something for the local politicos to point to. Sure. Do you, you think know, they plant corn in a pattern or they have a cornfield that they then carve out? Holy shit. You just blew my fucking mind, <laughs> David. Yeah. Oh, my God. How does the corn maze get there? Right, because you can, if you have a field of corn, you can make a maze in a day probably. But if you have to let it grow, it's yeah. take a season. How long does it does it take corn to go from kernel to maize height. And has anyone ever thought of calling it a corn maze? M-I-Z-E. Well, that would confuse all the Native Americans because they would just be coming for corn corn. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Let's listen to our next call. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, and Jess. This is Ezra calling from North Philadelphia. I was uh, sitting on a stoop earlier today in front of my friend's apartment, which is a common activity in North Philadelphia, and um, I saw a little African-American child riding a giant white horse unaccompanied except for another little African-American child banging on a bass drum following him down the street. Nothing else. That's it. Anyway, uh, that was a joke. Thanks. Bye. It's fucking beautiful. Yeah. Do you, well. Was there, to be I fair, just don't there think... was the two kids and then there was the indie documentary crew trailing. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. I, I just, we'll throw this out there. Is it possible that this is the apocalypse? That's one of the horsemen? Yeah, coming riding on the white horse. Oh, could be. And it's just making his way. Or maybe the, the four are coming from other places. We'll hear more reports, and then they're going to get together in Kansas. I think the surprise here is that the apocalypse sounds so cute. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I thought we all you, thought though. it would be terrifying or majestic or awe-inspiring. It is, does sound striking yeah. as well. But it's momentous, clearly. Is the kid with the bass drum, is he another horseman of the apocalypse? or Probably does he the just... angel Gabriel. Yeah. No, you're right. Is it possible that the British are coming? No, I don't think I so. Don't th- I think we're 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 a representative democracy. Yeah, they're too busy waiting for the royal baby to get born. That's a good point. They probably they wouldn't invade. Factored in the royal baby. Yeah, that sounds great. I wish I could see more people riding around. You know what though? I don't. Whenever I see someone <laughs> riding around on a horse in Burbank, yeah, I guess if it was a little child. Yeah. Whenever I see somebody riding around on a horse in Los Angeles, I'm like, come on, it's fucking Los Angeles. Get out of here with that horse bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Go go on some fucking celebrities get, ranch in get Montana. A nice, get a nice Prius. Yeah. Get yourself a... a get Fewer yourself, emissions. Get a little scooter if you want. Yeah, that's fun. Don't get a moped. I don't like, I don't like mopeds. What, what's an acceptable scooter? 
Vespa. Okay. I'm okay with a Vespa. Okay. A Honda, like a like a Devo type mm-hmm. Honda, like an 86, like a red 86 Honda, you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's another acceptable. A Lambretta? Yeah. Certainly a Lambretta. Yeah. A horse is, a horse is such an, Apparently, it's such an way, offensive, li- <laughs> yeah. Not a rocker. Yeah. Uh, the horse is, is such like a, it's such like a fuck you of a pet because it's a pet that doesn't even live at your house. Yeah. You have to like rent out another house, house for, for your pet to live in. I mean, I guess unless you live on a ranch in Montana or something, and you actually have a stable. But yeah, it's weird. Like when just a rich person has a horse, it's like, oh yeah, but I, it it lives somewhere else that I pay for. That's like having a helicopter, though. It, it doesn't <laughs> stay at your house. I mean, I guess if your house is sufficiently big enough, sure. Is is would you characterize a horse as a pet? I guess you go and have spend time with it. Maybe it's well, if it's not a pet. working horse. Yeah, I think in this case the horse is definitely a pet, and it you definitely these kids were headed out to the fields. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're going out I don't to think so. to plow. Well, I mean, what are the things you do with with a pet? If you go to a dog park, is this the equivalent? To take your horse out for a trot to a, to the horse park? I'll tell you, my wife's cousin Sarah, mm-hmm. she's got this horse. Doesn't belong to her. Belongs to some rich dude. Mm-hmm. But it's her job to go hang out with this horse. Like she has a regular job too. But, you know, instead of having to own – instead of owning a horse and having to pay $5,000 a month to keep it notes, she she gets paid to just go out there once a day and ride this horse around and give it some oats. Seems like – yeah, it seems like that's – I mean, unless this is a racing thoroughbred or something like that. It seems like you're paying someone to do what you're paying to do yourself to the horse. It's yeah. like renting a prostitute and then paying someone else to fuck it. <laughs> We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio speaker. Jordan Morris, boy detective. David Malky. Enough said. By the way, Jordan, I'm announcing that August is Jordan Jesse Go month. Great. In uh, America or the the world over? Internationally. Okay. International Jordan Jesse Go month. I'm going to get Boutros Boutros Gali on the phone. Sure. Wow. I'm going to run this by him, get his imprimatur. Mm -hmm. Note that that's not an English language word. Mm. We're going to make August International Jordan Jesse Go month. Well, I I mean, I guess we are going international. I guess we are doing shows internationally. I just had a good idea, by the way. Okay. Make a your favorite Jordan Jesse Go video to put on YouTube. Okay. You can use clips from any Jordan Jesse Go. Send it to JJ Go. At oh, Michael nothing with my door. voice, though. <laughs> you don't give people permission to use I don't. Voice? You can use your voice or the guest's voice. So what should should they put in their own voice when... I, I just cut it around. Yeah, what about one it. of those animation websites where you type in text and then like the robots speak to each other and it makes an animation? Oh, yeah. Do that. Okay. Yeah, I want my voice to be a robot voice. You can use Jordan's voice. You can I'm use my voice. You can use I'm my voice. overruling Jordan. You can use Jordan's voice. You can put together a little clips package. You can put it on top of some pictures of some bunny rabbits jumping around. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you put. Use your own creativity to make this video. You can use any of our shit. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. You can create your own stuff. You can do a, a lip dub. Yeah, to call me maybe. Exactly. <laughs> and that will be pretty funny. Email it to jjgo at maximumfun.org. Our favorite one will send, basically just send one of whatever we have in the closet. So I'm talking about 
and this is probably because I haven't looked in the closet lately, I'm talking about reusable water bottles. The good ones. Not the shitty ones. We got the good ones. MaxFun Rocket Chip earbuds. I'm talking about temporary tattoos. I'm talking about headphone splitters, bubblegum cigars. (laughs) Talking about T-shirts. All kinds of good stuff. Talking about put this on DVDs. Talking about Sunday Young America DVDs. Printer paper. We'll make a huge box of whatever shit we have in the closet and send it to whichever one we like the best. It's going to be good stuff. You're going to like it. This is exclusive, by the way. You can't get this shit any other way. No. Can't go down to Bergdorf's and get this. No. Can't go to can't go to Barney's. Yeah, can't go to Gimbel's. They have it at Neiman Woolworths. Marcus. They do have it at Woolworths. They do have it at Woolworths. It's, it's, they sell it at the uh, soda fountain. <laughs> Get um, phosphate. Pick up your. Yeah. <laughs> but but you have to phosphate. you have to put you got to put Jordan Jesse go in the name of the thing mm-hmm. so people know. And you know and and I think how about this? I'm going to add one more on there. At the end of August, whoever's video has the most views on it. Oh. We'll send them one. Make a popularity contest as well. I like yeah, that. Yeah, well, there's a quality contest and a popularity contest. You want to give them a certain unique word or a tag that make it easy to search? That's a really good point. What what would be what would be a good one if it's August? Uh, dog days of how about Augio? Uh, well, I mean, I usually to, how about. How about Lilo Nip Slip? <laughs> <laughs> well, just, I don't know if this will work. Yeah. I mean, I know I, it's always my favorite time of the year when I get to yeah. drive by the uh, the pleasure chest on Santa Monica. Right. <laughs> and every time I'm reminded via their posters that it's anal August. <laughs> so no, do you think Jordan Jesse August. Go Month no, we should can't. coincide with anal August? They will coincide, but I don't think that can be our keyword. I think we'll get banned from YouTube if we put anal okay. August. Okay. Well, what if you take the word video, which is a key part of this, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And then JJ Go, which is obviously What about show. anus video? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you do vidi JJ Go. And this is a word that's not going to be in any other video. So V-I-D-E-J-J-G-O? Yes. V-I-D-E-J-J-G-O. That's why you're Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> Check it out, Vaynerchuk. Sure. Um, I'm, very, I'm deadly serious about this. By sure. the end of August and next week on the program, we're going to reveal basically the greatest thing that we've ever thought of. Really? Yeah. Follow us on Twitter if you cool. want to get it before then. Great. But it's the greatest thing that we have ever thought of between the two of us, and I'm very excited mm-hmm. about it. It also involves the month of August and the city of Denver. Ooh. Ooh. What about anuses? <laughs> <laughs> no. Jordan, there's no- it Sounds like you're not taking anal August seriously. <laughs> <laughs> They're included by default. Where's your holiday spirit, Jesse? Jordan, I'm going to go to the barber. <laughs> okay. All right. Well- Okay, uh, if you want to email us, it's jjgo at maximumfun.org. What's that code again? V-I-D-E-J-J-G-O. Sure. Look, you can do a crappy job. (laughs) Yeah, do a bad job. I'm just saying there's two things. The best one and whatever it fucking is, we're going to decide semi-arbitrarily. The best one and the one with the most views at the end of August, you'll both get, I'd say, market value $100 plus. The grouping of stuff that we're going to send in. We got that Fido Dido information. Seven, Seven up. up. Are you kidding me? Whoa. Seven up. Da, 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 da. That's the song that plays when I win. <laughs> Our theme music is Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. We'll talk to you on Twitter. I'm at Jesse Thorne. Jordan is at Jordan underscore Morris on Facebook. 
and on the Max Fund forums at forum.maximumfund.org. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. Maximumfund.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.